So I'm going to ask you guys to open up your Bibles to Matthew 28. And uh, for, for those who have been here, a significant portion of the uh, 14 times that we've met, um, they would look at you and go, oh my goodness, we're going to Matthew. And some of you would wonder, why is that a big deal? Well, the reason it's a big deal is because we've been in the book of Galatians all of the 14 times we've met. And so uh, we actually just did a sermon series through the book of Galatians. About halfway through the sermon series, I got real technologically savvy, and we started posting them to the website. So if you want to catch up with the last portion of what we were doing there, you can go on there and listen to the sermons and kind of catch up with that. But beyond that, uh, one of the things that, that we want to do is be able to speak directly from the Bible. So tonight, there's, this is a combination of a challenge and practical application that I'm laying, laying out in front of you. And, and what you'll notice um, is if, if you're on the app and um, there's a thing that says, you know, tonight and there's notes on there, you can actually go on there, type in your notes, and then email them to yourself. That way, we go paperless. And I love that idea. But additionally, the scripture sections are in there. So you'll see Matthew 28 verses, um, I'm going to go 16 through 20. Um, I listed it as 18 through 20, but I just want you to hear the word of the Lord as it pertains to being sent. And here's what it says. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Couple things just to note out of here before we kind of move into some real practical stuff that I feel like God just has put on my heart for us to talk about tonight. The first thing is um, the disciples. There's 11 of them right there, and when they saw him, they worshiped him. And I love this section of scripture where it says, But some doubted. So these are people who've been hanging out with Jesus. They've seen him, they saw him get crucified, they knew he was dead. Now they know he's risen from the dead, and some still doubted one of the things that i run into most often when i'm talking to people about christ is they ask me things or they make statements like if god is so great then how come he lets blah 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 right this happened if god is so cool then how come this if god is so great then how come so and so got cancer if god is so powerful right and we have all these things the other one that i hear a lot is if if god would just reveal himself if, God, if Christ would just show up, then everybody would know. If Christ would just show up here, then we would know. The truth is, these guys had heard it all. They had seen it all. They had experienced it all. And some still didn't believe. And I want to just say this. Not everyone in the world is going to believe in Jesus. Should they? Yes. Is it the truth? Yes. But just because he doesn't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. You know, somebody could tell me, Jeff, I don't believe in water. Well, you try telling a farmer that right now, right? Water's kind of a big deal. Jeff, I don't believe in. Jeff, I don't believe. It doesn't mean, if you don't believe it, it doesn't make it any less true. And so for those that day that were standing there and they still had a struggle, they're like, is this really, really, is this how it happened? It kind of gives us a little bit of comfort because there's some of us that run into places where we doubt, where we have a lot of questions. We're like, man, is this really how it's supposed to be? 
And I can look back at this and go, even the guys who were close, that they were right there, they experienced every bit of it, they still had a question mark at some points. And it didn't say that Jesus looked at them and said, and you, and you, and you, you're going to not heaven, right? It didn't look, he didn't look at them and go, I'm so disappointed in you, you worthless sacks of doo-doo. No, he looked at them and he said, hey, I'm going to give you some authority. And I'm going to give you power. And there's some of you that doubt. There's some of you that are still looking at me and you're looking and you're going, how can this be true? And I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to criticize you and I'm not going to put you down. And I'm not going to do another miracle. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you authority and I'm going to give you power and the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. And you're going to understand things differently than you have before. And then you'll get it. Have you ever been somewhere and somebody makes a joke or you're working on a project and you don't get it in the moment, but like a day or two later, you're like, oh, that's what it was, right? Some of you with the jokes, you're like, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm sorry. I, I have the thing like I'm trying to figure out something on my computer or do some. Cindy had tasked me for a job she needed done on the computer and I was working, working, working. I could not figure it out. But like a week later, I came in. I was like, oh, that's how it goes. And I came back to my computer and brrr, sat down, figured it all out, right? And what, what Jesus was saying here and what was it happening right here is like, hey, some of you, you don't get it. You're not going to get it. And right now you're lost. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you in a place where just down the road with a power and authority and the presence of the Holy Spirit, you're going to get it. And it's going to come on to you in such a way that it's going to change your life forever. Because some of you just don't get it right now. And we live in a, a community that this is kind of like, I don't know, as close to the Bible Belt of California as you can get, right? Above us and below us, we have like crazy people. And then um, like right in the valley, we're like, you know, America, right? That's kind of us, right? We like our guns and we like our Bibles and don't take them away, right? That's the kind of thing sometimes people categorize. That's, that's who we are around here. And one of the things that we struggle with still is how do we begin to proclaim or how do we share the gospel with people? So he said, I'm giving you power and authority and I want you going out to the nations and I want you doing stuff. And, and it's a lot easier, honestly, for me to think of going out into the nations and doing this stuff than it is for me doing it right here. Because right here, like, you know, if I'm talking to Alan and I say something stupid, like, Tomorrow, it's going to be really awkward when I see Alan. Like, he's a nice guy. He'll probably forgive me. But he's going to be like, yeah, remember that? That was dumb, right? And for some of us, we would rather, I'm not going to go out on that limb because, I don't know, it could get weird. But you ask me to go, like, overseas, like, that's great. That's awesome. Ask me to go somewhere else, that's awesome. But the truth is, there's all kinds of stuff right here around us. Now, do I believe in going overseas? Heck, yeah, we're going to do a little bit of that, right? But what I'm telling you is, is it's right here. The mission field is right here. Now, we say that a lot of the time, but there's not a lot of places where we explain, like, so what do you do with that, right? So I'm going to give you some drawings. I hope the drawings help tonight, okay? Um, there used to be an SNL skit that was very funny about this. I like to do drawings. Don't look at my book. Okay, so, um, yeah, okay, there's a few of you out there. That's good. Um, but what we're going to do is I want to take you through what uh, kind of a process uh, of sharing your faith, what it can look like. The first thing um, is, is there's this thing. It, it starts with a circle. I'm just going to use circles all night long because I like circles, okay, and because I can draw them. 
Uh, and it's not a very good circle, it's more of an egg. All right? So, um, but this, one of the first things that we have to be conscious of when we say go out and tell people about Jesus is very few people allow me to walk into the, their life and just tell them how to do their junk, right? Like, there's some of you, like, it's seriously powerful business people hanging out with us right now, and I don't walk on your place and go, like, okay, let me tell you how to do this. No, no, no. The first thing we want to do is make sure... We understand who they are and what their gig is, right? So the first thing is we got to know their story, right? So I had coffee with uh, Darren this week, and it was awesome. We had a nice time. I thought it was nice. He said it was nice, which was gracious of him, right? But one of the things, I love getting together with people and just going, okay, tell me your story. I want to learn. I want to hear your story. Like, just lay it on me. Like, I don't care how weird it is or gross or whatever. And, and his was delightful and great. And I was like, well, man, he's, he's got it going on. But at the end of the day, I understood him a lot more. And he understands me a lot more. And we have a little different relationship, right? So if I can figure out their story, that's where we start, right? I don't walk in them telling them how great I am, right? And then th- what that naturally does is that opens the door for my story right? So, so now, like, because we live, you know, we're polite people, after I've heard your story, you're like, well, tell me, how did you get here? Tell me how, you know, everybody wants to know, how did you meet Cindy? And I keep, like, it gives me a complex, honestly, at some point, because I feel like they're asking, like, there's no way you should deserve a girl like that, so how did that happen? That's more what I feel like is going on. But uh, one of the things that that naturally leads to is I've heard their story and then I get to share my story. And what's so great is when I'm sharing my story, I begin to drop places in my life that are way bigger than me, right? For instance, when people ask me, like, how did you start this pipeline church thing? How did that go? Well, honestly, it started a long time ago and it didn't start with me. It started with a prayer time and things that God was doing in our community And God began to drop hints to me, and I began to see needs, and it wasn't really necessarily about Jeff anymore. It became something way bigger. And when we finally, after like three years of anticipating this thing, finally said, hey, let's get together, by the fifth Sunday, we had like 120 people sitting in my backyard, and I don't know how it happened. So then what that does is that naturally leaves open the place where I can tell them God's story. Right? And the cool part is, the more I tell them God's story and how it links into my story, then what they begin to see is there's ways that God's story has linked into their story too. Whether they're far from Him or close to Him, or even just in that moment of you and I being together, sitting, having a coffee, sharing stories, there's a point where I say, you know what, I think, I think God's got some things He's doing in you, too. And what we see here is the fact that your story is your story, and my story is my story, but there's one big story that covers everything. And probably if I was to get really realistic, God's story is way, 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 way bigger, and I'm just a piece in the puzzle. And what that does is that links you and me, and that puts us into his presence. That's like like elementary, but for a lot of us, it's hard. Like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to tell them about Jesus. Where do I begin? Like, how does this go? 
go into all the world and preach the gospel? Like, how do I do that? What do I do? How's this supposed to look? And so then I started thinking like, okay, so if we're supposed to share the message of the gospel, then what's that supposed to look like? So I found more circles. All right. So I start usually here and this is stuff. I mean, you guys could pull out napkins and do this stuff. Right. And I'm like, that's about as elementary. They're going to think you're drawing Mickey Mouse if you do it right. But mine didn't didn't work. So um, but the other picture would be this kind of starting on and saying, you know what? We live in a broken, broken world. Right. We live in there's a lot. OK, so let's just talk about this. Give me some things. What kind of things in our world that you know of right now are pretty messed up? Give me a couple. Homelessness. Horrible, right? Okay, what else? Government. Yeah, there's a lot of brokenness there, right? In whatever form you find, okay? Other things. Religion. Yeah, religion's a broken deal. You know how many people I talk to have been hurt by the church? Gross. Okay? What else? Give me some other things. What's broken? Families. Holy buckets. Yeah. Right? Families are about as broken as you can possibly be. Everybody's like, oh, they have, you know, the nuclear family or whatever. Nuclear only means there's a mushroom cloud exploding over them. Right? Okay. So what what else? Give me some other thoughts. What are some other things that are broken? Sexuality. That's a big one. Right? Major perversions of what's going on. Like, there's, there's this whole concept. Like, okay, um, we have my friend Renata works for Target, but I read an article today. Now, Target is removing all gender-specific itemizations in their stores because they don't want to limit boys to a boys' section and girls to a girls' section because you don't know how it goes, right? Talking to another guy who builds schools, and one of the big struggles of his building schools now is they're having to, like, there's like a third bathroom they got to create, and they don't know how to label it anymore, at schools, like, how do we do that? What do we do with that? And, and our sexuality is broken, right? And that's just among kids. I haven't even talked about ugh, other stuff, right? Okay, what else? What are the other things? Relationships? Media? Yeah. Think about, like, financially. Are we in a really good state, most people in America? Right? No, that was really, I have very floppy cheeks, so. But no, the idea is brokenness, 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 brokenness is all around us, right? And yet on the other, other side, there's this big thing, and I'm, I'm going to make my circle a little bit bigger, and there's God's plan, and it stands in direct opposition to that brokenness. Like, God has a plan, and God started out with a good plan, and there is a good idea. It's God's design. Like, God didn't, like, wake up one day. This is my funny one I always tell the students, right? It wasn't like God created Adam and Eve, right? And then he was like, you know what, I could really use a cappuccino. So he went in, like, the back room, and they figured out that their parts matched. And then he comes back and he's like, what are you doing? You're going to make babies that way. Like, I didn't plan on that. No, God had a very distinct plan when he created humans and he created appetites and he created sexuality and he created all the things that make us us. He had a good design. God's plan and God's design was good. But here's what the thing that happens is 
we kind of look out and we think there's got to be something more out there. And, and basically, when we get outside of God's design, we run into sin. Not sin takes us only one place. Every time, you will always end up broken. Right? You will always end up broken when you're walking in sin. And there's two ends in brokenness. I can't spell a lot of times. But this brokenness here is a result of our sin. And every time we step out of God's design in our sin... We're going to find brokenness. And here's what we do. Instead of running back to God's design, we create these other little trails where we try to find something that makes us feel better. Right? So how many times have I heard the story as a youth pastor, as a pastor at a church, right? Where people are like, everything was good. It was awesome. And then I made some really bad decisions or I started hanging out with the wrong crowd. And one thing led to another. And all of a sudden I found myself in a really bad place. That's this. I stepped outside of the plan, and then my brokenness led me to this whole crazy searching process where I tried to fill and find satisfaction with all of my desires. You guys have heard the story of the prodigal son and all those kind of things where everything we're searching for, we're just searching to get back here, but instead of going back here because we don't know our way back because we stepped outside of it, we're just looking for a way to get normal again. We don't know how to do it. And so God created this other circle down here. And he gave us the gospel. And that gospel message is that God sent his son to die on a cross so that you and I would no longer have to live in this brokenness and this lost place and this struggle. And that we would find ourselves in a place where we were once again on our way back to understanding God's big picture and his big plan and again it's hard for us to explain this to people sometimes people are like tell me about jesus and we try to jump right in and tell them like okay so god he loved us he sent his son son died on the cross you should believe remember and believe praise god right but it has to start here big plan you and i step out of it in our brokenness, we do willy-nilly things. And then you start pointing out to people, there's all kinds of broken junk happening in our world. Just look at this. Just look at this. Just look at this. Just look at this. And so God had compassion on us, and he sent his son. And he sent his son in, in such a crazy fashion to like become our savior. To become our peace and our hope. He sent his son, and the only way that we can find our way back to that plan is to first make a journey of repentance and belief. Of repenting and believing. Now, I have kids. I love my kids. I have good kids. I have great kids. God blessed me with kids that are great. Somebody asked me, like, I'm sure you've had to deal with that the other day. They're about something. I was like, no, not really. I'm sorry. I don't know. God... Thank you, Lord, right? I have great kids, but the other side of it, my kids do some dumb stuff sometimes. Anybody have kids that do dumb stuff? Yeah, okay. How many of you are kids and did dumb stuff, right? There's a lot of dumb stuff going on. But the big picture is, in our brokenness, we do dumb stuff. 
And we hurt people and we damage things along the way. And with my kids, one of the things that we are working on every day is when they realize and we realize that they messed up, we make our kids look us in the eye or look one another in the eye and say, I'm sorry, I messed up, I did that, I shouldn't have. That's one of the most pain-filled conversations to have. A while back I was preaching and during my message, I kind of like mocked my, my mom and dad. During the message. And my mom and dad are great. They're pastors in Tulare and they're awesome. But I kind of made a mockery of something. And I didn't really think about them. I sent them the link to the sermon that I had preached. And they listened to it and it got awkward. Right? (laughs) And I went back and I listened back to that message. And I realized I had said some things that I wasn't really proud of. Now had I said they were awful or they're going to not heaven? No. I just, I just kind of undercut a little bit. One of the most painful conversations I've ever had to have with my parents is in that place. As a, you know, I was 38 and, and in this place where I had to sit down at their dinner table and say, I am so sorry. I made you look stupid in the process. I look stupid. I got a quick laugh out of it. And it was not worth the damage. I cried like I was five years old. I couldn't catch my breath. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? I could, it was horrible. But it's that idea of, of having to face where you're at. And, and what we would like to do is like, for God to love the world, he sent his only gotten, begotten son that whosoever believes would not perish but have everlasting life. So you know what? I believe that. High five. Let's go. And what we don't do is address and repent of the things we've done. Say, these are the broken spots in my life. I've been seeking after these things and it's led me down paths. I need to call those things out sometimes and say, okay, here's the deal. This is where I'm broken and I believe that this message changes everything. When people hear that, it starts to make a whole lot more sense than just, God so loved the world, he sent his son, have a great day, high five him on your way into heaven. That's not how it goes. There's a a process. When I've sinned and I've been broken, there has to be a place where I go through something to build and grow and change and become something else. Because the truth of it is, if we were to be honest, I don't want God to accept me just as I am forever. Like, I love the idea that he sees me and I'm that player out on the field with a broken leg trying to make it, make his way off the field. And he goes, no, 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 let me carry you. Like, I'll take you like this. But the best part is then he goes and he can set that leg and he can put straight the places that are broken. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of us that have habits or, or things that we're just not proud of. Like we go through relationships like crazy or we, we have like really bad habits of gossip or we have things that we pursue finances and things above Christ or, or we put our families to the side and things we're just not proud of, right? And God says, I'll receive you like that, but I don't want you to stay that way forever. I'm, I'm going to help you get better. I want you to be better. So when we repent and believe the message of the gospel, what it does for us is it takes us back to God's original design and we begin to recover that original design and we also find our place our, ourselves in a place where we begin to pursue Christ see here 
I did squiggly lines because you're just like, oh, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm just broken. Ah, help me out. But here you can see what it was all about. We start running back toward it. So when we send our kids out, when we go out to do ministry, when we're in a place where now it's time to share the message, this is what it looks like. Their story, your story, God's story. Boom. And when it gets to this, what's God's story? Boom. Give me two napkins in 10 minutes and I can give you the whole deal. The big thing is us understanding this and us finding this as something that we can live off of. Because our call, our directive by the Almighty God is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And discipling people and teaching them that there's a better way. One of the things we said about Pipeline Church is we're not just a bunch of people that want you to get life right. We're a bunch of people that want to come around you and we want to do this together. We want to encourage you as you parent, as encourage you as you work, encourage you as you go to school, encourage you as you have friends, encourage you as you do your life. And it only happens through this right here. It only happens when I am apart from my brokenness and instead of running away from all these things, I'm pursuing God's original plan. And I can only do it through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to pray with you. Because I think we all need to be encouraged and strengthened. And we all need to find a point where we can go, okay, God, help me trap this stuff in my head because at some point I want to use it. So here's how I want to pray with you. If you'll just bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over you. But, but beyond that, um, there's a good possibility, because I don't know most of you, that there's somebody sitting here who's never really mapped out their life according to the things that I just wrote up on this thing. So I'm going to ask you just with your eyes closed, while gentle breezes are blowing out here in nature, you just stop and think about it. Have you made a decision to follow Christ and to be full of the Holy Spirit of God in a way that starts to change the world? And if you have not done that, but your heart is screaming out and crying out, I need to do that. What I want to do is pray with you tonight. And I'm just going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. All you do is you begin the process like this and say, God, I've been broken. I've been struggling. There's things in my life that I've been twisted all up about. And I need you to fix those things. And I need you to repair those things. I'm not proud of it. I don't like where I've been. But I know that you can fix them. And so I give my life to you. And I give my heart to you. And I ask, would you make me whole again? And More than just making me whole, would you help me to realize that it's a lot more about what you have for me to do than about me being comfortable God, would you give me a passion and a vision to pursue your original design like never before? God, would you receive me as I receive you? And would you allow me to find a place in your kingdom today? Again, just with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I don't want to make a big scene, but if you prayed that prayer, I want you just to kind of raise your hand and look at me so I can pray with you. That's awesome. Thanks for responding to God. If there's anybody else, that's great. I just want to leave the place. It's good. And then beyond that, I want to pray with you that are here. That 
that, that you know the truth and that you know God's goodness, but I don't want it to be sitting in the tank anymore. Like, I want to see, God, give me a chance to be able to use these things. Be, give me a chance to be one who can help make disciples. Be person after your heart. So let's pray together about that. God, we just come before you and we recognize that you are a good God and you sent your son and that you've given us grace and mercy in abundance. And we pray in your good name that you would be lifted up and honored and glorified in our lives in such a way that the people around us could never, never deny the work that you're doing in our lives. Father, I pray that for every person that's here tonight, that, that you would give us an encounter with somebody, that you would open up crazy conversations with people that we may never have ever expected to take place so that we can share your good news and the good name of Jesus Christ for his work on the cross. Father, I thank you for the gospel message and the places that you're taking us. And I pray that in these moments that you would give us and empower us with your Holy Spirit in such a way that we could not go about tomorrow without having these things stuck in our head, recognizing our own brokenness, recognizing places in our world that need binding up. And God, would you send us from this place, much like we prayed for our kids and our educators and administrators and our teachers and our volunteers just earlier, send us on mission to be something more, to do something more, and to accomplish something that you and only you can lead us toward. So we give you praise and glory and honor for your work on the cross and the good name of your son, Jesus Christ. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.